Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. It's pre-race Abu Dhabi edition, and we're here. The final race. Oh, my God. Ah, It's basically my one noise pre-race review. What's your one noise pre-race review, Tommy? (laughs) And Katie, yours? You just didn't come through then. <laughs> it just was quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, it sounded like you were screaming from from about a mile away. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe just internal screaming then. Okay, so it was screaming. Perfect. It was anyway, screaming. Yeah, we 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 dive into the question. I broke my mic. <laughs> You've broken your mic. Brilliant. Uh, but we can hear you now, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> should we do that again? <laughs> <laughs> I, like I did scream and okay. it just Fuck. Come we'll carry on. Look, okay. it's just, we're off the rails. It's the end of the season. Right. New Abu Dhabi layout. Let's talk about it because, you know, it's changed. And if you don't know about the new Abu Dhabi layout, then you haven't watched our latest video. That's everything Falling. you need to know about the new Abu Dhabi Grand Prix thing. So, yes, looks much quicker. I love it. I think it looks brilliant. Um, not because Merck is Mercedes fast. Um, just because I think it, it's much more flowing. Karun Chandok was blowing his own trumpets. He was involved in the was like, he? He's the never change or something. It. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Um, but but genuinely, I, I really like it. I think it's flowing. Hopefully, it'll be better for racing. A lot more banked corners, uh, which is something you never really thought Abu Dhabi would have. But here we are. It looks looks all right, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not it's not too. Bad. I mean, I'm not the kind of person that sits around and like just thinks about circuits the whole time. Like, I, it's not really kind of the part of F1 that I'm really into. I'm more oh. nerdy, like in the stat books, rather than thinking if I was in charge, I would flatten this turn well, and make this. Well, I think this. that's because you don't play F1, Katie. You it don't could play the actually F1 game. be. Mm. Yeah, I think then maybe that's a good reason as to why. But yeah, it looks nice. The guys seem to be driving around quicker, which is obviously good. Um, and I don't really have much else to add on it, apart Perfect. from Sorry. everybody's just upset. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I was obviously joking about the the, the Chandok thing. Fair play to him, because I think he has uh, done a, a good job, all things considered, because obviously we, we mentioned it on the podcast last year, that it's not an easy track to fix because you've got certain things in the way. I mean, I do feel sorry for the guy that is getting... Uh, that now getting people sort of saying, oh, of course you've changed it to benefit Mercedes when it was so long ago. And also we've been, everyone's been pleading for these changes to have been made for years anyway. Thank goodness it has. I'm still a little bit concerned that the second changed corner, the the banked sort of quick left-hander might discourage uh, overtaking a little bit because it's not a heavy braking zone, but I think the the main thing, as uh, of course you'll have learned in the the wonderful WTF one video, is uh, that it's more about tires, isn't it? Really, and the fact that the reason Abu Dhabi is so boring is that the track just hurts your tires, and everyone just sits and tire saves and sits behind their their rival behind a second, so they can just keep the tires to the end. But there's even talk it might even be a two stop. 
Well, yeah, because they brought the softest compound of tires, which obviously hopefully is hoping opens up uh, the strategy a little bit. Uh, yeah, you mentioned about turn nine, I think it is now the long left hander, mm. um, which would have been about turn know, fourteen uh, normally. Uh, but that was actually probably the best overtaking opportunity in previous in the previous iteration of the Abu Dhabi track because that was the second DRS zone after probably getting close after the first DRS zone, and then you could break hard into that triple left right left chicane. So. I'm I'm still quite glad that it's gone, but you, you do make yeah. a good point because it's not as hard of a braking zone into there, uh, so they may struggle. Um, but of course, Merck was fastest in FP2. Uh, there's been a lot of track limit um, violations and warnings and lap times deleted. Uh, so, it but it does look as though Mercedes are quickest, and you know on paper that seemed to be the way that you know it went in Saudi, and it has done for a few races now. And of course, they won't have had the spicy Brazil engine in there either, but. You can't imagine Red Bull would have been turned up to the max either. Uh, next question. Zazomga. <laughs> I don't even know what I did. Zazomga. Uh, this track just screams Merck at the moment. Will it be a walk in the park for Ham this weekend? <laughs> I love these questions so much because we were like Saudi. Oh, going to be the easiest race in the world for, for Hamilton and Mercedes. They're going to get a one-two. They're going to drive away into the sunset. It's going to, nothing's going to happen. And what happened? We had probably one of those controversial races for a very, very long time. So again, on paper, yes, it looks as though Mercedes may have a couple of tents in hand, but that seems about it. We're not talking, I don't think, a second down the road. They will probably have the advantage, but just like in Saudi, it seemed as though Red Bull... Um, were quicker over one lap, at least in Max's hands, and maybe with Max absolutely sending it to the limit and over. Um, it, there's some other interesting talking points where Max was doing his long runs on the soft tyres um, in FP2, which may actually suggest that he'll go onto the soft tyre in Q2 and start the race on the soft tyre so that he gets the launch that he may need to get track position over Hamilton, which I imagine they're expecting them to potentially get poles. So lots of factors uh, to take into a, into play here that could spice things up quite nicely. Yeah, exactly. You can't you can't just write it off. I mean, we 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 thought it with Sochi, we thought it with Paul Ricard, you know, these races, and they've been incredible races. Um, I know it's a bit cliche to be like the rule book has been ripped up, but it is so true. And the perfect example was Saudi, where we thought, oh, that's it. Mercedes walk over and you just can't predict it. I know it's a bit more of an extreme circuit, but Red flag, you know, only it only takes like a VSC at the end with, you know, even if Verstappen's like 10 seconds behind Hamilton and can't get anywhere near him, um, it only takes a VSC or a safety car at the end. Equally, Verstappen could gamble and put soft tires on and go for the kind of Paul Ricard. We could see that Paul Ricard chasing strategy or equally Hamilton chasing Verstappen. There's so many factors there um, to suggest that, you can't write it off, even though it's Abu Dhabi. <laughs> yeah, no, like you say, we saw Lewis quickest in FP2, but then Esteban Ocon in P2, sneaking up there and Bottas P3. Practice one, Max was quickest. Obviously, practice two is the one that's going to be the most comparable to qualifying tomorrow. But um, depends if Max really is going to put it all on the line tomorrow, like we saw in Saudi with his incredible qualifying lap before he got to the final turn. Um, no, it's not an incredible qualifying lap because he didn't finish it. I'm, I'm on with you, Katie, but I'm just sorry. I'm just doing the voice of Twitter. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Just 
shut that down. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it really is anybody's um, anybody's to to take this weekend, which is what makes it so exciting. And I just wish that people would be able to embrace that a bit more. And instead of looking at all the negatives of oh, crashed up in Fort Hamilton, rah, 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 rah. oh, I'm doing the Twitter voice now. Sorry, guys. Um, it's taken over. It, it has. You've passed it over. But you know, just as difficult as it may be, just try and soak in all the good things and appreciate that we have one of the most incredible championship battles we're ever going to see in our flipping lifetimes. This is legendary. It's going to be talked about in 50 years time when, I don't know, somebody who's got a kid on the grid, they're, they're going to be racing F1. Somebody's going to be doing punditry and like, you know, it's going to be one of these things of like, oh, my granddad was racing uh, in that year of Formula One and it was a really crazy year. And I, I know what I'm trying Grand, to say. <laughs> granddad, tell us about the 2020 F1 season. Yeah, literally. Oh, uh, actually, I was just moaning on Twitter. I didn't really enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Um, I said something very similar, Katie, on Twitter, to be fair, uh, a day or two ago. And No, no, no. I, no, I agree. I wasn't saying you're yeah, copyright. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm of completely the same opinion. Uh, but what I will do, especially on Sunday, is, of course, I have to get tweets for Internet Special Reactions, but I will be fully enjoying that race without a care in the world about what anyone else thinks. And it will be very much a, we aren't going to see this for a very, very long time enjoy it that's it you know like if social media stresses you out and people are horrible to you on there because their your opinion doesn't match with theirs don't go on it just enjoy it log off and, it's not real life yeah, exactly. time to log off george russell meme. <laughs> <laughs> it is time to log off right okay uh, moving on next question team wtf1 member thomas dandridge asks christian horner seems to be playing the underdog card quite a lot do you think he thinks rebel are struggling this weekend um, I think Christian Horner usually, I don't know, he, he he seems to say how it is quite a lot, but then both himself and Toto Wolf can sometimes be a bit, obviously, rose-tinted glasses for their own team. I think he genuinely does believe that Rebel are behind. Of course he would. You know, they're on the back foot. They've lost the last three races to Hamilton. So why would you not think it'd be any different in Abu Dhabi, uh, especially with the fact those changes seem to favour Mercedes a bit more because it's a bit more of a power track. Uh, so, yeah, I think that if... Max wins the championship, he will be quite surprised, personally. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't matter what Christian Orner thinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he doesn't think that. He thinks his opinion is the most important one of them all, according Whoa! to Drive. Whoa! Drama alert. According to who? Whoop, whoop. Drive to survive. Oh, I thought he just, 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 just... Or, or just himself. <laughs> yeah. According I mean... to my brain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But... Um... I, I guess going into this weekend, you could argue that they're more of an underdog, but it's not exactly like he's piloting the or like looking after the Williams team or something. He's the team principal for Red Bull. It's not like it's a bag, a heap of crap or whatever. It's like a very competitive car in its own way. Um, so my sympathy only goes so far. Um, but hey, Toto Wolf and Christian Horner had a nice little press conference uh, this this morning or afternoon in Abu Dhabi, um, and we got a handshake. Woo! Uh, and they seem to be sort Toto. Of, yes, it was. Not but going then, to be in drive to survive that. They won't. No, show that. no, no. They won't. No, they'll show, show it, and then they'll show explosions or they'll <laughs> yeah. edit it so that they didn't like, do it. in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though to, to give some context as well Christian Horner also did do a handshake after the press conference was done so it was instigated by both but at different points before everybody starts typing in the comments that that it was both 
people um but yeah oh I don't know I, th- I think Mercedes are probably going to walk this but credit where credit's due Red Bull have done a mega job this weekend and like they say it's been years since they've been in a position where they're actually up at the front fighting yes Christian Horner could have handled himself better nine times out of ten this season I think but then same can go for Toto um but yeah, I think if I had to put money on a team that would do well this weekend, it will be the Mercedes. They just look stronger here. Yeah, Toto, um, sorry, Christian, Feel I feel like he's, yeah, saying it how it is. And also he, he's gone like full on pressure with Mercedes and it's not really worked. So I think I think now the, the way he's playing it in the, these final races are just to kind of go with the narrative of, look, well, we've done amazing keep keep the team sort of like calm and happy above the final race, not put too much pressure on the mechanics or, or, you know, Max and everyone else and just basically go with the whole thing of, well, no one else has ever pushed Mercedes in the hybrid era this far to get him to the final race. And that's what he's really like bigging up a lot. Uh, so he's just going for that. So then when, or if um, they don't win the title, um, he can obviously just be, you know, the same thing of like, well, we, you know, we gave it our best and what an amazing season it was. Uh, yeah, I don't think, he, I don't, I don't believe that for a second that deep down he's like, oh yeah, well, you know, we're the underdogs, mate. Because obviously they have lost, you know, certain points at certain parts of the season. And also I don't think how Christian Orner acts with the media and how he's like, oh, we're underdogs is how he acts with the team itself. I reckon it is full-blown bulldozer pressure. <laughs> like you will win this championship because, you know, Christian Horner's a scary bloke. You don't want to be on the wrong side of him. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I personally think the way he acts with the media and the way he acts, acts with his team will be completely different. Yeah, maybe. Cool. All right, good. Uh, good opinion. <laughs> <laughs> like, I agree to disagree. Uh, next question. At, at Real Alcpant. Long runs in P2 showed that Red Bull maybe is thinking of soft tyres for Q2 and race start. Hey, you've been reading my mind. Do you think... Is it possible? Strategy will play a massive role on Sunday. Well, Red Bull rolled the dice in Saudi Arabia, went onto the medium tyres, managed to get track position over Hamilton. Of course, it didn't end up working out that way due to a million different things happening. But they have to try and get track position. It doesn't matter how, if they put Perez on the intermediates, hoping for a rainstorm, whatever they need they will do just to get ahead of Hamilton because then they can start to influence the race. They can't influence the race if Lewis is driving off into the sunset on medium tyres and they've just copied the strategy. If they, by FP3, decide, yeah, we are really quite behind what Mercedes are doing, they're going to have to do something different. And the only thing that really looks that way is is a soft tyre race start. Yeah, I can't believe that all the many, many podcasts I've sat here and roasted the Q2 tyre rule it has now become yeah. spicy. Uh, well, it's finally, it's finally actually, you know, provided some excitement if it if it happens because, you know, well, if Max goes for the soft tires, you've got to assume that uh, they've done that with an absolute dive bomb into turn one, like he did in Saudi. You know that the um, when he had the mediums on, uh, with that in mind, so. Um, they'll be going for that. Uh, but then equally, if they put the soft tires on and it gets pole anyway, it's like, oh, is that the right choice? Cause they won't really want to be on the softs. Um, yeah, they've got to, they've got to 
try something different. And uh, I guess the Q2 rule, Q2 tie rule does actually uh, mean that it, it's going to happen, which would make it quite exciting if they do go on different strategies, because I think it is realistically the only way I can see Verstappen winning if he does something a little bit different on strategy. And just before you go into your point, Kate, I just want to say Tommy and myself are wearing exactly the same Christmas jumper because... You just can't see it. I can't believe we didn't actually... And also, I noticed earlier, you're both drinking really similar drinks. We're so in sync. Oh my God, guys! <laughs> what what colour's yours? Come on, Tommy, let's see it. For <laughs> audio listeners, we are holding up both of our blackcurrant slash summer fruit squash. Lovely. Um, but yes, we're wearing... Are we're wearing yeah, they are, are they? <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. Um, but yes, we are all wearing Christmas jumpers. If you want to get your own, go to the WTF1 shop at shop.wtf1.com. I can't do it justice. Carry on, Katie. Um... I kind of remember what my point was. I think it was pretty much echoing what you guys were going to say and that I think that the biggest surprise of the 2021 season has been that Tommy was actually slightly positive about the Q2 tie So I know. there we go. You, you know that it's been a crazy season when he says something good about the Q2 tie <laughs> Love so it. True. So true. But yeah, that could be a really interesting thing, especially if Verstappen manages to get ahead of Bottas. Huge role for Valtteri Bottas this weekend. Looks like he's really struggling, to be honest with you. Like he is locking up and he's locked up into turn one about five times, I swear. We just kept seeing replays of him, just not particularly at one with that car. So um, Bottas is going to get have to get his head around whatever setup issues he's got at the moment, and he needs to get P2 for Mercedes. He needs to lock out that front row. If that happens, Max hasn't got a great opportunity, really. Although when you say that, you know... Doesn't that stop one's Max be, going past. It and... Yeah, it doesn't. He's got the hairpin sending now. it. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. So if you get a good run, say he gets ahead of Bottas into turn one, which is a, a long chance. run, then you have the you know the sweeping corners Spice. all the way down to turn five. So yeah, it's, not, it's not over until it's over. Uh, let's talk and even then, bit. it's probably still going to be investigated. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, until Michael Massey sings, that's basically what we have to wait for. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Michael Massey, let's speak about uh, the fact that the FIA have revealed, although it's no news to anybody, that they may deduct points if there's a crash. Um, Max Verstappen was asked this, so was Lewis Hamilton. Lewis was just not really that phased. Max said that it's not changed anything. It's not like it's a brand new thing that they've introduced for this weekend. Like that's always been the case. Um, just saying stuff like that, you're like, why Why now? I know, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to obviously put the drivers off of doing such a crash on lap one and, you know, the title's over. But at the same time, they can't have a different mindset going into the last race over the last 21 that we've seen. And it, again, for me, highlights inconsistency because it almost feels like they are, you know, very trigger happy to be like, well, you lose five points, lose a point, lose half a point. That's all you need to lose in this championship fight for someone to win the title over the other person potentially if they both dnf so don't know what to make of that really uh i don't think it was really necessary no i mean like you say this isn't a rule that has just been introduced for this weekend it has always existed but it's been more inside the sporting code than the sporting regulations so it's not really listed along with time penalties or disqualifications or that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it was unusual seeing that come up in uh, Michael Massey's race event notes, because like you say, there should be consistency, the same rules apply for every single race. And just because it's finale and yes, there is more on the line. It shouldn't be that the rules 
or the way things are investigated or punished should change. Um, and plus, I would like to get some clarification on it of like what offence is what point. Obviously, we know if you're caught, um, I don't know, if you not take someone out or, for example, cause a collision in the race, then you get a five-second penalty, two penalty points, Bob's your uncle, Brake checking is 10 seconds. That's what we know. So yeah, exactly. Max gets ahead, brake checks, gets a 10 second penalty, off he goes. Exactly. So we're sort of getting a bit of a, a library of what each incident and like what it gives as a penalty. But for points taking off, like if you take your title rival out, is that three points deducted? Is that 10 points? Is it 20 points? Is it 50 points? Like what What <laughs> does each the event thing. How they're judging equate it? Because to? you could yeah. argue that you could argue that um, when Max goes for a, a a dive bomb and sends it, which we've all been saying is absolutely you know brilliant and fair, when Hamilton um, when you know where there's not any kind of contact, say say yeah. Saudi Arabia, the the second restart, brilliant move. Mm. What's to start Hamilton just turning in and then going, well, he's crashed into me, give him a penalty off on the championship because because mm. I know the narrative that our whole narrative is being pushed on. Verstappen can take Hamilton out, but equally, this this also puts it into Hamilton's hands, where he could almost do something. You know, it's not. I know Hamilton can't crash to win the title, but equally, if Verstappen comes down the inside of him, Hamilton Hamilton could just turn in and be like, "Oh, he's crashed into me." Give do you, do you know what I mean? Say so, so, and yeah. I'm glad you said uh, said what you did as well, Matt, because I was thinking about the very same that. We won't go into the the actual incidents and what we think because we've mentioned it so many times. Yeah. But Silverstone and Monza, for example, if we're going based on what um, the stewards decided, and which is that Hamilton was at fault for Silverstone and Max was at fault for Monza. Uh, in Monza, Verstappen has, uh, according to the FAA, crashed into Hamilton and Hamilton was going to be ahead of him, gain a lot of points, and Max can just go, well, I'll crash into him. And it's even, and I'll get a grid drop, although equally it didn't even matter. Equally, Hamilton in Silverstone crashes into Max and can, because he's got such a car advantage, take a 10-second penalty, get his way through the field and get 25 points. So why is it only a points reduction in the last race? Because, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, ha- Hamilton could have uh, crashed into Max most races Max could have crashed into Hamilton most races and then it only matters in the final race. That's not yeah. really fair, is it? And I get why they've done it because they've got to set some kind of precedent, but it really does come down to consistency of like, you can't, because we've said it as well, like the the, the stewards, it's so obvious that they've just tried to leave it be and just create this whole situation where they're level on points into the final race and it's amazing for Formula One then you can't just change the rules now because th- there's going to be so many questions going into this final race of what you can and can't do because it's been so inconsistent throughout the whole year. It's just silly, isn't it? I love that. Tommy, <laughs> Tommy went on a little rant there. Yeah, like I'm a, proud of you. Really it was a bit that. of a, yeah. Uh, but, Learn from the yeah, best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, if, uh, did you just dab? Was that a dab? I didn't dab. No, I tapped oh, myself back. back. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw it in the corner of my eye, and I was like, "Did Katie just dab?" That's something dab. that I would do. Slugging uh, off Michael Massey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I again, I you were echoing my point, and I echo the rest of the stuff that you just said, Tommy. Because yeah, the, the thing is, it's like you if it because obviously they've they've said this. 
you see all the level of instance that we've had and you go, well, what, how much worse can we get? Are we talking that if it is deemed as a deliberate move, that's when the deduction is going to happen? Or is it going to be, okay, well, Max just goes for the move, misjudges it a little bit, they crash, yeah. but then that's no different to what we've seen previously. Yeah, like, exactly. Hamilton gets a 10-second penalty for Silverstone, which a lot of people think was a bit, you know, obviously a bit light or whatever, but you know, there was never any discussion of points being deducted. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of that at all, to be like, honest if, with you. If on the final lap, and Max takes, you know, a shorter, you know, completely Alonso's it over the chicane <laughs> and plows into the side of Hamilton, then there's totally understandable yeah. to do some kind of points reduction. But when it's like just contact for them racing, how do you judge it? You just exactly. can't. So it could just be stupid. unlucky that they both get, you know, knocked out. And then you think, well, Max probably still deserves to win the title, but then the stewards are, oh, I yeah, it's not chaos. Want to be I don't want I mean, I'd to, uh... love to have just, you know, a running FIA feed if uh but god forbid if they crash on that one i don't want it i really don't want it like that no. would just be such a flat end to the season right moving on at metal laporte <laughs> we've seen a lot of discussion on what happens if max takes out lewis <laughs> or vice versa but what if the number twos get involved say if valtteri takes out max suspiciously would he only he be at risk of a point deduction disqualification or both drivers and the whole team this is where it gets even more yeah. Uh, murky uh, with the fact that obviously if Valtteri takes out Max, Valtteri is susceptible to the penalty. However, the, the investigation may go further into the sense that if this was predetermined and Lewis knew about it and all this good stuff, and then it becomes a big deal and it goes to lawyers and it goes to lawyers that don't have anything to a clue about the sport that they're looking at, um, then it could get very, very messy indeed. I don't think either team want to sort that out that way. It's a bad look for their reputation and whatnot, but that's my understanding. Katie, you you uh, sleep with the stewards. Uh, sorry, the... Um, <laughs> uh, <you> said... <laughs> 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 I really sleep with the regulation book. That's the best mix of words I've ever heard. <laughs> Oh, I'm going red. Oh, my God. Right. I shouldn't have probably paused there. Uh, when I said it, I thought that's the wrong word. And then it pieced together and I was like, oh, no. Right. Oh you usually sleep <laughs> with the technical sporting, all the regulations. You, lo- you love true. reading it in bed. Nothing to do with the stewards themselves. What, what's your understanding? Oh, my of God. Well, it says... In the um, in the event notes that Michael Massey sent out, points should not be deducted separately from drivers and competitors, save in exceptional circumstances. So maybe if it is evident that Perez takes out Hamilton, Bottas takes out Verstappen, vice versa. Sorry, I'm just trying to like read what my laptop says through the tears. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the last thing we want is like mm. another crash gate scenario with interworkings of teams I'm not suggesting that either team is capable of such a thing because I think really that is the lowest of the low if you're going to deliberately try and get one of your drivers to wipe out a competitor but um and if if a team gets you know seen as guilty they get fined an absolute truck oh, they could be I disqualified mean, I mean yeah disqualified I, and also yeah. and from the sport literally I mean Sergio Perez has been around in the sport for ages he's a 
extremely well-respected racing driver. I've seen a lot of people go, oh, they could just get Perez to, you know, Perez is not going to taint his career, his, his entire career. Because if if Perez crashed into uh, the, uh, Hamilton on purpose, equally Bottas crashed into, that would define their whole career. They would not I'm be remembered. The... Yeah. <laughs> People are going to think I'm laughing at the Perez thing, but in the back of my head, I'm just replaying what happened. Yeah. And I can see I can see Katie looking, I think, around at where we are on the video, seeing if we were still laughing. Sorry, Tom, you're making a great Sorry. point. Yes. I'm crying um, as well. Yes. So basically, I what, what I'm trying to get at is Perez and Bottas wouldn't do that on purpose. And if they did, you know, they're going to be, that would define their entire career, all the wins, everything, yeah. they will just be remembered for that. And there's no way that they're ever going to want that. However much Bottas uh, would like Hamilton to win the title and Perez would like uh, Max to win the title. Unless, sure uh, unless his, uh, his, his Sky interview where he said, who's going to win the title? And he went, uh, how, uh, how, uh, I really... Hope Verstappen wins, <laughs> Verstappen, <yeah. laughs> uh, which is just a, a. I think he just fumbled his words a little, but it was very funny. No, I think he genuinely believes that Hamilton's going to win the title, but he forgot who he raced for for a second. Yeah, and then it was like Verstappen. Verstappen. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So no, that's not going to happen, is it? Really, not on purpose. Anyway, yeah. uh, there still will be a huge amount of controversy if it does happen. It's an interesting point though, because uh, <laughs> obviously the the Bottas Hungary incident was a mistake. It was in the wet, but imagine if he had done it. Uh, or it happened in this race, you know, it is a genuine lockup. Yeah. Um, he saw it. it like, out, yeah. Well, he went yeah. literally last race. He's so nearly like broke, yeah. um, went up the back yeah. of the Perez as well. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, if he had, and it is a genuine lockup, it's like, where do you draw the line? Because again, it goes back to the original point of when is a mistake just a mistake, or when is it a deliberate crash to take out your rival? And how do you judge something like that? It would be very silly, but who knows? Maybe it does happen and we uh, find out who wins the world title in like April next year. Perhaps maybe round one is when they uh, announce it. Uh, next question. Ehe underscore Van Bow. Favourite tribute slash finale helmet or livery? I'll be honest, I haven't gone through all of them. Um, you haven't read my article? <laughs> <sighs> well, I haven't watched your video. So yeah, exactly. Go. That's what I mean. I was about to say. But I've seen a few, and I very much like Lando's helmet. I think that was very cool, uh, as well as Charles Leclerc's. So, I was waiting for that one, yep. <laughs> Looks very cool as well. Carlos Sainz's is quite sure. nice. Um, <laughs> and I very much like the livery of Alfa Romeo saying, thank you, Kimmy. Or no, leave. was it we'll leave you alone, Kimmy? Was that yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's brilliant. So, yeah. Oh, that's a good question. There have been so many new helmet designs. Um, I like Sebastian Vettel's because of what it stands for. He's got lots of things written on the side. It's called the World's To-Do List. So it includes everything from Black Lives Matter to LGBTQ+, to refugees, to forest fires, and literally everything that he'd like to see fixed and more harmonious, which is just such a Seb Vettel thing to oh, do. Nice. It's really touching. It's lovely. Um, and then Hamilton's rainbow helmet has been given a sparkle treatment. Um, I really am not a fan of Danny Rick's one. It's already quite garish and quite out there. And now to make it glittery, it's like, whoa, it's a bit too much. Um, and as for the livery, um, I'm just going to sound miserable because I don't really rate the McLaren one. And uh, I suppose the Alfa Romeo one's quite nice, but... 
I don't know. It's it's not going to ever compare to the golf livery of Monaco. Nothing ever will. <laughs> I like the McLaren. Um, and the <laughs> Alpha is, yeah, a, a nice touch. I think fa- favourite helmet, I'd probably go with Giovinazzi because I think it's awesome that he's running Kimi Raikkonen's 2007 helmet design, um, which I think when it's your own farewell race and you're doing a tribute to your teammate, that's pretty wholesome and uh, a very nice sign of respect to uh, to Kimi Raikkonen when, you know, you could quite easily be like, well, this is my final race. I'm, you know, having a goodbye F1 or whatever, but he, he's used it as a as a tribute to his teammate. They've got a proper, like, you know, they're really good good friends, kind of a underrated bromance, I'd say. There's, there's been some talk actually as well about um, why Hamilton hasn't got a tribute to Bottas on his, really? his helmet. <laughs> Yeah, people are genuinely complaining about oh that. Oh my but, god! Really? I mean, to be fair, to be fair, I mean, in some regard, Charles did one for Seb, didn't he? When Seb left Ferrari, so oh, people are comparing true. it to that and going, "Oh well, Hamilton said Bottas is the best teammate ever, and he's not even getting a like, you know, cheers Valtteri yeah. on the back or something." You know. Uh, final question from Team WTF member Formula Wonderland, but it's with a one because that's clever. How sad are we going to be that on Sunday it will be over? I'm in two minds. Right, I'm. You know, I mean, Katie will, will nod like a little, <laughs> not, like you know, like one of those nodding dogs in the car because she's finished after annual writing and general season stuff. Uh, from my side, again, you know, it's really busy, and I've absolutely loved this Formula One season. Um, I think the controversy has gone a little bit through the roof, so that if anything, you know, after Saudi, as I, as I mentioned a few days ago, you, you, I was just kind of still like, "Geez, this is getting this is this is mad." Uh, so I think. As I've said as well in previous WTF1 videos, and especially with the video we made specifically on it, was my opinion of you know Formula One has too many races. I think we've come to the end of this season now. I I don't really want any more, and, and, and we're going into Christmas otherwise if we were. Uh, so I'm happy this is the last race, if I'm being completely honest with you. But then we have a couple of months off, refresh, look forward to the new season, new regs, and it'll be excitement all over again. So I'm not actually going to be that sad. But then I say that in a few days' time, I'll get withdrawal symptoms. So, it's, you know, it's very much two, two minds. Yeah, I'll undoubtedly get a few withdrawal symptoms once the season is done. And then maybe a couple of weeks' time when I'll be expecting a race, because it has felt like there's just always a race on this year. Um, it will feel a little bit like, oh, I'm looking forward to F1 being back. But it will be nice to um, conclude this season, I think. Yeah, I'm more more looking forward to this season coming to an end just so we can finally find out who's going to be the champion. Um, like you say, if it rumbles on anymore, it's just going to get even more um, controversial and crazy. Uh, and we've got you know new regs to look forward to, which I am very excited about as well and I think is, is good for the sport. So um, I'm also looking forward to just having a nice, nice rest over Christmas because it has been a pretty hardcore season, however much we know we love formula one we love our job we love doing this um it does take its toll and we're not even uh the poor mechanics that are jet setting to every single race so i can see the comments with the smallest violin yeah oh yeah, yeah. you have to write about f1 all day yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we know that we're in you know our dream jobs yeah but, you know 100 yeah it doesn't mean we don't get a little bit tired sometimes yeah, no, like you say, there's plenty to look forward to in 2022. We've got new regs. We've got Russell to Mercedes, which is something a lot of fans are excited for. Forgotten about, um, to be honest. Yeah, I literally. I, I think a lot of people have because of this. Yeah. yeah. There's there's so much going on next year, which is really exciting. However, yeah, it will be 
kind of bittersweet as the checkered flag flies in Abu Dhabi because we're going to be saying goodbye to these cars, which, you know, um, they have brought us so much entertainment since they were introduced and that kind of stuff. And then the season as a whole, um, there have just been so many incredible moments that us F1 fans will probably look back on in years to come and from things like Baku and having people like Sebastian Vettel on the podium with Gasly and that crazy, just that, that whole race, to be honest, was just mental. And obviously the Ocon win. And there's just so many moments that were like littered through the season that are just so special. So, yeah, I'll be really sad to see it go. Um, but hopefully next season will will be just as good. I pray it will. Although I think I'm kind of just lying to myself because I don't think there's it's going to take a lot to match this year which is one of the things I'm sad about because it will be a case of looking back at this in 20 years time and thinking what an amazing season it was so yeah I sound like I'm upset and emotional but I'm just still thinking back to that, <laughs> what was said earlier and trying to not <laughs> stop myself from laughing um, but yeah anyway um, I, would, uh... I think we're all a bit delusional and ready for the season to finish to be honest <laughs> I'd come to your argument and say I cannot wait for this uh, Formula One car to uh, to go. Really, I'm, I'm not. I not go. It, it yeah. won't be missed. <laughs> <laughs> no, too fast, too difficult to can't entertain. Follow. Yeah, can't exactly. follow. The performance gaps are dreadful. And however much it's an amazing season, um, this sounds really negative. Like, but you've still obviously got. Let's finish you've still got two. Yeah, you still got still two Formula One teams that will win every race without a failure. So yeah. Uh, I think hopefully, uh, you know, this will age very bad when we look back on it. And Mercedes are 20 seconds clear in Bahrain next year. But um, fingers crossed, it's a bit closer and the racing's better. I love how we're doing this outro and it feels like we've finished the season. We've still got one race to go, everybody. We're not done yet. We're not signed off. And just remember as well, we will not be stopping the content. There's a race on. Yes. uh, Are they they level on points? uh, uh, (laughs) 369.5 points, if I haven't seen that 100,000 times. Um, (laughs) So yeah, there is one more race to go. And don't worry as well. We will not be stopping the content once the season is over. We'll be doing lots of recap uh, stuff, looking at back at the season, everything uh, like that. And of course, into January, where we're all very sad as F1 fans. Uh, We will have lots of content then as well. So do not worry. We we won't leave you until the season (laughs) Uh, begins again we will be right there alongside you so uh yeah there you go Casey final thoughts um final thoughts are um enjoy this weekend <laughs> oh I thought you were gonna say I don't sleep with the stewards <laughs> well that goes without saying I'd like it to think <laughs> okay brilliant that's about as insightful as Tommy's final thoughts usually uh Tommy you're gonna beat that uh I I will say well done to our buddy Jack Aitken who uh, oh, did yeah. FB1 today uh, beat Latifi uh, come back from a very horrendous injury and got you know back in the Formula 1 car for the first time um, yeah ahead of Latifi had been in the car all season I think he uh, did very well for himself and I'm happy to see him back in a in an F1 car and uh, you know doing well so yeah well done Jack. stuff Sorry, Jack, we should have probably mentioned you a little bit earlier than that, but Tommy didn't put you in the sheet. So, right, thank you. Uh, thank you, everybody. I yeah, well final done, Jack. to cover yeah, myself. There you go. Yeah, well done, Jack, for your FP1 um, 
outing and uh, glad to see you doing a lot better. Right. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Hashtag WTF1 podcast. If you want to get involved in the conversation moving forward, go to shop.wtf1.com if you want to buy some Christmas merch or some normal merch. It's all up there. Lots of thumbs up uh, ups from Tommy, the WTF1 founder. Oh, my God. I didn't even say that at the top of the show. What is wrong with me? Oh, God, I mean, that's it. <laughs> I'm not going to make uh, Abu Dhabi, unfortunately. And, of course, Katie, the WTF1 author. We'll see you very soon. <laughs> Bye. 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 One second, final thought. Please don't fire me. Be nice on Sunday, everyone. Yeah. Just be nice. Just, just be nice. Enjoy I'm, it. Just, just be nice. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.